Welcome to Good Vibrations Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we are all energy vibrating at different frequencies. And in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We're your source for everyday alchemy, so you can turn the lead in your life into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rota Psychic Fair. Now, the Rota Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 35 years, going on 36. Thanks to the COVID pandemic, we haven't had a fair since November 2019, but we are scheduled for October 23rd, 2021 at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rotapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can stay current about the upcoming events. Now, Good Vibrations Radio has been on air since 2007. We took a bit of a break in 2019, but, but we've been slowly making our way back. Limited copies of previous shows can be found by using the link on the homepage of goodvibrationsradio.com. And that will take you to our podcast page, which you can listen to online or download to listen to at your convenience. Now, for those of you who have listened before, you know each year I pull a tarot card for the year. I use the Osho Zen tarot deck, and for 2021, I pulled the Two of Rainbows, which is labeled Moment to Moment. The Two of Rainbows shows a man wearing a kimono walking along a path of stones. The stones ride on multicolored, undulating waves with the outline of a city in the background. It represents that the past is no more and the future is not yet. One used to exist and the other hasn't started to exist. The man in the picture only lives in the present the only moment that actually exists. His eyes are closed as he steps lightly, yet aware that as he steps, the universe provides another stone in the place where he needs to step. Behind him, the faint outline of the city reminds us that while we're a part of the real world, we're also apart from the real world. Life is an ocean of currents in which we can play best by dropping ambition, by losing focus on accomplishments, by letting go of power, money, prestige, because all ambition forces the focus on the future. We want to be available to what comes our way. As it comes, if we stumble or fall, we can get up, we can have a laugh, we can continue. This year, this time, is about accepting, embracing, and trusting the present. 
So before we continue, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, performer, reader, healer, radio host, and author. I've been part of the metaphysical community all my life. My undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. This show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored those areas. Now, as a result of talking to so many thought leaders, I've developed a habit to start each day, and or each show, rather, with a, a reading from Day by Day with James Allen. In 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh. He chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Alan as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in our own thought world, we hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into our life. So our present reality is a direct outcome of our past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But our future is not predestined by our past. By working patiently and intelligently on our thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, we can actually remake our life and transform our circumstances. And in Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. And for the seventh day of the month, James Allen shares sowing and reaping. Good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results. This is but saying that nothing can come from corn but corn, and nothing can come from nettles but nettles. As we mentioned in the last show, we don't choose our circumstances, but we do choose our results. My morning ritual is about reaping good outcomes by sowing good results. The daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity offers a thought for each day of the month, and the thought for Friday, May 7th is, I weave the tapestry of my life. I love that image. Every experience, every interaction is a thread in the tapestry of our lives. It's part of our own tapestry. So in this age of Aquarius, humanity takes control of the earth. The destiny of humanity is the revelation of truth and the expansion of consciousness. Every event, every occurrence, every encounter is a thread in the tapestry of our life. And then when we apply sowing and reaping to that, we recognize that every experience is giving us an opportunity for wisdom, knowledge to know going forward. It's not about was it good or bad because energy is neutral. It's just about the experience. And in this age of Aquarius, we remember that Aquarius isn't afraid to rebel against the status quo and disrupt traditions for the sake of a better future. And it's clear that some won't accept a consciousness and choose to remain in their box of beliefs, but many will find themselves shifting without effort. Astrologers often share that during the change of an age, we can expect the rise and fall of civilization as we know it, and the shift of cultural beliefs and mores. This cultural shift is further emphasized by the three Saturn-Uranus squares this year. 
These squares are the clash of the titans, a collision between the old and the new. So in February 2021, we had the first Saturn square Uranus transit. The second exact square is in June, and the third and final square is in December. Now, these transits don't come and go. They will actually influence every day of this year. Year. You may not be aware of the things in your life and inside of you that change right now, but you can be certain that there is a massive rewiring going on in the background. And the transits of Saturn and Uranus are slow, and the transformation they bring takes time. The transformations will be subtle and not obvious as it shifts. Nothing sudden here. It's only later when we see the view through the rear view mirror that it will be clear what the transformation is and how we've changed. So remember, the change is here. All we have known is changing. The change is subtle, but it's changing without any effort on our part. Get clear on the changes you want in your life. Get clear on the changes you would like to see in the world. Create those intentions. And with that, as an opening premise, let's transition to today's guest. Jonathan Masters is a husband, a father, an entrepreneur, an inventor, an amateur musician. He's also a meditation teacher who studied with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And he's now a business consultant specializing in international partnerships and technology development. In his book, God has infinite frequency, aphorisms, aphorisms for our fractured age. Jonathan blends art and insights to challenge our beliefs and gives us the opportunity to reconsider, feel, and see things anew. This book encourages us to change ourselves, which changes the world. Jonathan Masters, welcome to Good Vibrations Radio. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's such a pleasure to be able to speak with you. So for those who may be unclear, there are two definitions of aphorism. One is a pithy observation that contains a general truth, such as, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then the other is a concise statement of a scientific principle, typically by a, an ancient or classical author. I believe Homer used it very frequently. But Jonathan, how did you choose to use aphorisms for the purpose of God has infinite frequency? Thank you. I, I say more, my experience is more like the aphorisms chose me in the sense that as certain experiences were coming to me and my vision was expanding, I would just see certain things and there would be um, a process of understanding and refinement and just the aphorism is a nugget. It's like a, it's like an energy nugget. It's an energy nugget, which takes you someplace. So it, it's like a, a little, like I described it in the book, like a little pebble, a pebble in a smooth uh, body of water, and it ripples. It ripples out and has its effect. And there's an ancient tradition about aphorisms. I, I say from like Patanjali. These are these are also these are experiential 
it's it's about it's about um the coordination between the mind and body and heart so this is what these these little energy nuggets do they stimulate one's experience for those who can't see this beautiful work of art it has the aphorism aphorisms mm-hmm. positioned on the page with either a beautiful photo or a picture an image that helps bring out the emotional content of that particular aphorisms and one of the early images is a series of undulating lines with the title God has infinite frequencies. So what are the frequencies of God? So infinite frequency is, I think there's there's a lot in your question. Um, and first of all, I do want to bring attention to this artwork. These, there's two primary artists that contribute to this book. One is alive and one isn't. And one is, it's a lot about the color and the vibration and the relationship of the colors. And the other one is, it's much more about kind of uh, that combined with with uh, representational art, but frequency you can think of as high frequency contains low frequency, infinite frequency contains all frequencies, and so God has infinite frequency, and that means that it contains that frequency infinite contains all other frequencies. And that's important to understand, and what it, what I go from there and saying is that. God, she in this case, is everywhere at once. Infinite frequency means everywhere at once. Everywhere at once. Mm. And at each point in time, which you just discussed time a few minutes ago, which is interesting, God's truth is the highest, most complete truth available. Mm. And you may say, you may feel, oh yeah, of course. This is a revolutionary statement. This This turns most belief systems on their head to think that there's an evolving truth that the highest truth available is, is at every second. And in the next second, it's again, the highest truth. (laughs) So God is timeless and reborn each moment. And as we begin to understand that, and we begin to understand that basic philosophical and psychological underpinning, for most people, you know, you use the word God. It could be a hundred different definitions for a hundred different people. But for the hundred different people, they're all, it, it's always a fundamental belief for them. A <clears throat> hundred different people, a hundred different fundamental beliefs, whatever. But as you shift, as you begin to shift what that is for each person, then their whole structure begins to shift. And so that's why um, I kind of use that for the title even though I was also like hesitant, like, oh, you know, it's religious and something like that. It's it's not about that. Well, what is, what is, let's jump into, what is your definition of God? God, for me, I would say is beingness, infinite consciousness, the, the core constituent, the core foundation of existence in the universe. That's God. So in your definition, if I understand, or your understanding, let's call it your understanding, because I think you've pointed out that for each of us, God is really a personal understanding. It's not really a definitional understanding. But for your understanding, God would be, in essence, everything. 
Yes. It would be the context of all of us, all life, all creation, all the universe. In essence, that's God. Yes. Okay. And, and that seems to tie in again with your explanation of the, the infinite frequencies and how we go through that whole process of understanding the diff- that there aren't really different frequencies. They're inclusive frequencies and sub frequencies within that. And God would be the inclusive frequency. Yes, which includes all the other frequencies. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, in your, um, in your dedication, you indicate to change the world, change your mind first. How would you yeah. like us through the experience of God has infinite frequency? How would you like us to change our mind to change the world? It's a big question, so take your time. (laughs) (laughs) It's an excellent question. (laughs) Because what this book does is it takes on fundamental beliefs that we have. A lot of them are unconscious. Some of them are not. And it, uh, it gives us the opportunity to reconsider them, to say, ah, I wonder, is that really true or was that not true? Because... Um, that's what each aphorism does. It, it kind of, it, as I describe, it's like a pebble in this pond. So what I'd like to do, and I, and I just saw something recently about advertising a book and it said that, oh yeah, this is, this book gives you the answers. Like all the answers are here. Or you just read, read this book. This is definitely not what my book is about. It's about <laughs> triggering each person to come to their own truth and their own understanding. And it does look at, um, it does focus on one's self as the center of one's understanding. And it also um, looks at certain things in society and all that. I think we should maybe get into particular particular ones to sort of um, jar or, 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 or look and re-examine some of the sort of things we think about it as being true. Certainly. I mean, are you suggesting you wanted to use certain ones right now to discuss? Please do. Okay. I, mean, I just pick one randomly here because, and, and it's, anyway, uh, sure. sure. It's, uh, you cannot outsource your health. Ah, yes. Yes. Good, good one. Yeah. And we're all thinking about health these days. <laughs> <laughs> World health, individual health. You cannot outsource your health. People think, oh, the doctor's going to take care of it. Well, part of, partly that's true, but you know what? Unless you, the, the more you're really taking care of yourself, the more correct help you'll get from the medical profession. So I'm going to read the rest of this. So this book is set up so that there's a beautiful piece of artwork on one page, um, for various artists, two primarily one. And then there's, um, abstracts or photographs or things on the other page where there's an elaboration about the particular uh, primary aphorism. What you can do is develop your own intuition and connection to your body. This will require feeling what is going on with openness, love, and patience. When disconnections from and in the body are the root cause of disease. Looking outside 
only alleviating symptoms can create more of the same and distract us from healing. Hmm. As we take responsibility for ourselves, the right help will come, including from our doctors. So one, you're asking us to recognize that our health is our responsibility, and that's the we can't outsource our health. And only once we have that self-awareness can we really receive healing from external sources. I would say to the extent we have self, everyone has some self-awareness. So to the extent we have self-awareness, to the extent we have connection to our body and to ourselves and to our spirit, will be the extent to which um, it will be experienced that the right health is coming. You know, it'll all, it'll always be coming. Something will always be coming. But whether that thing will be about sort of healing the connection first and giving you perhaps more difficulty, more difficulty, more difficulty until you finally go, oh, God, maybe this approach is not the right approach. Maybe <laughs> I need to look in, connect, and then find what my truth is. And then some other much more uh, kind of quote-unquote helpful uh, help will come from the environment. Mm-hmm. We're always getting messages. We're always getting messages every single day, all the time. And the nature of the messages are based on the nature of what we need at any one time. And if we need to like wake up and get our act together, then we're going to get that kind of kick in the butt message. Mm-hmm. Well, and that seems to flow back to earlier in the book when you bring up too that we're, we're all in a house of mirrors where you're really yeah. talking about, we need to look at ourselves and understand ourselves and become aware of ourselves. Is that not the framework for where you take the rest of the book? Yes, absolutely. We are all in a house of mirrors. And this is beautiful painting by Anna U. Davis with this woman in the woods and these different faces and all this. And, and this is a very beautiful passage. It's, it's often hard to recognize that our primary relationship is with ourselves. There are so many pieces reflecting from so many different directions. That is why self-discovery often starts with closing our eyes. Mm. Without knowing your inner self, which is beyond the ups and downs of the personality, you will never see, much less understand the world. So we're removing, and again, a lot of this would also come from, I imagine, your meditative practice. We remove the external distractions in order to be able to see the internal. Yes, you can look at it that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Our well, senses, our, our, our consciousness is, you know, in our normal day-to-day life, projected outward through our senses. It's, 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 it's normal. It's how it is. And so, but in that, in that, what's happening is we're losing touch with the inner self, mm-hmm. with the knower. We, we have the known, but we, we, we don't know who the knower is. Okay. And you said to me in response to what I shared that you could say it that way, but besides what you just shared, is there another way you would like us to see it? 
Um, no, I think I think that uh, I think that. Okay, I, I, yeah, that you covered it. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Covered it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't. Yeah, I'm not trying to trip you up here. I, <laughs> I want to make sure the most complete. You, you gave a really wonderful description of the book, also, when you talked about the different images that are in there, and that's what people need to understand when they they need to take an opportunity to really look at this book and go through it. And also, it's interesting to me that you have an aphorism followed by an explanation. But I really don't believe that this is a quick read book. Not that it's hard to read, but I think it's really asking us to consider each step, each thought is a building block to a further exploration of ourselves and how we view the world. So you started with that whole premise of you'd like us to change our mindset to change the world. One of the other things you point out, which I think is is very big to me anyway, is when you say love of another is the most real of all illusions. Would you share some of what you wanted us to take away from that thought? Yes, I'd be glad to. And I want to uh, sort of go back a paragraph before I do that in kind of groundwork preparation, which is that, so you cited to change the world, change your mind first. Yes. But what's, what's, what's kind of more radical, quote, radical revolutionary in this, what this experience of this book is, is the next sentence, which is to change your mind, feel inside mm. Mm. and allow the process with acceptance and love. So there's, there's, there's a, um, a request for a direction, feel mm-hmm. inside for how to do it. And then there's talking about a process. Well, what's a process? What's the feet? What, what's the process happening here? But as we be quiet and as we feel inside, it creates a process. It mm. connects us with ourselves. Mm. And as we do that, an evolutionary impulse occurs. Things begin to change. We feel, we see, we hear, we inside. And so, um, I think that's that's important to understand that it's it's really a kind of also involving um, the feeling body. So back to your question, which is about the third aphorism: is love of another is the most real of all illusions. Again, an amazing painting is there, and. Maybe the most precious. So the rest of it is, is, and maybe the most precious for it is a window and path to the truth. Almost every one of these aphorisms has within it a kind of a, a contradiction. Almost every one. And this one is a, is a good example. And this quote unquote contradiction, how how can one bring together something that's contradictory? And what is the ultimate contradiction? The ultimate contradiction, one step before the ultimate contradiction is this, love of another, because it's so intimate and it's so, it's so beautiful and it's so important. It's important for the 
propagation of the species. It's a pro- it's important for our sense of sense of life and sense of happiness and sense of everything. And so, and so, love of another being an illusion is 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 a very is a contradiction in terms in a way because we all feel it's so real. The furthest polarity of all is the self and the non-self, the silent and the active, the inner being, silent, unbounded, infinite, timeless, silent, and the outer activity, moving, changing, color, sight, sounds, everything. But what mechanism could allow us to sort of harmonize and experience these polarities as one unified experience. And there is only one. That is the heart. It is the growth of the heart. It's the expansion of the heart. It's the comprehensive ability of the heart to love these what appear to be so different, to to to, to make a unified experience out of these differences, that is our growth in consciousness. That is where we're going. Mm. And so that is why when I say love of another is the most precious, for it is a window and path to the truth. It's a window because the experience is one of love, (laughs) the nature of the universe. And the path is because the path is devotion. And devotion is that which refines and expands the heart. And that refinement and that expansion of the heart is that which grows enough to be able to comprehend the polarities that we experience otherwise into one unified whole. When you speak of the polarities with the expansion of the heart, what are the polarities that you would like us to to consider? Any and all polarities. Okay, all right, all right. Male, female, black, white, up, down, in, out, you know, good, bad. So so then love in in itself becomes a unifier. Love becomes a, a collector. Love becomes an umbrella under which all polarities fit. Fit Is that what you're saying? Yes, but love in a definition which is more expanded than we normally use the word. So love means, in a sense, ability to hold wholeness. Hmm. Ability to hold wholeness. Wonderful. So when you talk about love of another is the most real of all illusions, would it be fair to say then we tend to make love smaller because we address it only in the context of love of another, instead love of the whole? We can think that that's all there is. And we can get... Uh, emotionally and psychologically and energetically tied up in what we think love is. That is why 
as we, but if we devote, if as we have a partner or doesn't have to be necessarily a partner, but something to which we are devoted, and you, that process is also an expansion and refinement process. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say it's a window and a path to the truth. And that's also part of the contradiction you talked about, or the paradox of, yes. of it all to begin with, yes. You also share, going further on, not too far from that, Aphorism in the book, you talk about vulnerability and healthy boundaries are the foundations for successful relationships. Would you be willing to share some of your insights about that? And I'd like to then call it back to this whole idea of love as the ability to hold wholeness, how those become perhaps supporting pillars of the expansion of the heart. Yes. Thank you. So, Vulnerability, just feel that for a second. Vulnerability, feel mm. into that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoa, oh no, not too <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But we all know, this is common, everyone knows, in order to really relate to someone, there needs to be vulnerability. You need to like let it, let in, let someone in, let be, you know, show who you are, like, Allow, allow your sensitivity, your, your delicacy to, to be experienced by someone else. The vulnerability, the fundamental requirement for a successful relationship. And the next, the next one, healthy boundaries. Aha! <laughs> the other fundamental requirement for a successful relationship. So these two, these two aphorisms, you know, of course, are, are with a wink and a smile. But um, it's not about giving your power away. It's not about codependence. It's not about, you know, kind of mixing up and forgetting who you are. It's about vulnerability and health boundaries. And, of course, if you are... Uh, the more access you have, the more the more emotional bandwidth you have, the more you have both of these things. And it's true on the emotional level, it's true on the energetic level, and it's true on the cellular level. The boundaries of our cellular level need to be healthy. <laughs> and they also need to be vulnerable because we exchange, you know... <laughs> chemicals in this, on the cellular level all the time. So um, it's a, it's really a, a kind of analogy for, it, it has so many different levels to it. You know, as, as we're talking here, Jonathan, as I'm listening to you, the question that comes up for me is, how did you choose the series of affirmations you did? And in line with that, what led you to put them in the order that you did? Well, the choosing of them was really, I mean, this is a multi-year process. I didn't set out one day to say, oh, I'm going to write a book on Africans. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, um, I began to just see things. See, you know, this. I, I feel this book comes from an enlightened place. Not that I'm enlightened necessarily but there are there are moments right and it's mm-hmm. like ah 
Aha. And so I began to think, well, you know, I better write this down because, you know, I'll forget them, which of course you do. I mean, it's just things go and go and go. So for, for many, I would say several years, I was just writing these things down and all of a sudden I began to think, wow, I really, I should, you know, they're beautiful and funny and cool and, and helpful. And so there was a, a long, also a very long refinement process. Every word is chosen here. It's, it's to be compact and correct and in alignment. And then at one point, and I forget when or why or whatever, there was just like art, you know, because we need a new approach. You don't read something. It's, it's, you're using, you know, more of your right brain. It's fine. But when you look at art, when you look at beauty, you're, you're engaging a different part of yourself. And so the marriage of these two kind of left brain, right brain experiences really is what turned out to be able to like trigger this like internal experience for people. And people were saying, you know, like you said, it's not a quick read. It, it's not designed to be. It's, it's like, you know, people are saying, you know, I do one a day or I one a week and just, you know, meditate on it and think about it because it just, it begins to resonate and things begin to move and, and it's like aha experiences and blissful experiences and it's, it's fantastic. So, um, now I forget the question, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really, it was really what led you to choose these aphorisms and also to put oh, them yeah, the in order. the order you did. Yeah. So, these, they seem to be hitting the, 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 the key things for me that were important that I felt at this time for our evolution. And, you know, I had this experience, like towards the end of this, like there were two or three that were, oh, not, you know, that needed to be in there. And it was like when I put them in, it was like, it was like, an, it was like something, a lock went in, you know, a key went in a lock. Oh, it like fit in the, the the last puzzle piece was there. And so it felt like, ah, complete now. And the order is, um, I, I would say just intuitively, like, the, like, as you said, the, the, the first one, God is infinite frequency. This, this is the overview kind of let's change the fundamentals of how we're experiencing the world. Let's just think, let's put that on the table, you know, let's put like how, how the world is, let's put that on the table <laughs> and allow people to just like, you know, sort of experience that or stew on that or, or bubble with that or create with that. And then, and then direct them, to the fact that it's about themselves. It's a house of mirrors. And then this thing of love, well, you know, it's so primary for everyone, their love relationships and romantic relationships. And then the next one is about deepest hurts. And so there, there's a logical progression. I, I don't think it's, it's sacrosanct. In other words, I, people say, well, you know what? I like to, uh, kind of like just thumb through it and go to one or the other or that or, and in there are certain themes that are not, uh, linear. So there's, there's certain themes that go through the book that there'll be one in the beginning and one in the middle, you know, when they end and stuff like that. So. Yeah, what that if, the oh, it does. I mean, whatever answer serves you, but that certainly does answer the question because there's such a, as you mentioned, but not quite in these words, there's such a journey to this book and it's a value for people to do a walkthrough. 
even if it's not an in-depth read, to get a right. sense of the journey and then go back and I believe see where it's something sticks. Okay, I want to go back to that one. I want to sit with that one for a little bit. And I do want to point out, though I mentioned it as well as you, when we said it's not a quick read, but it's not a difficult read for the listeners to understand. It's not hard to read. It's not hard to understand. But it calls upon us to consider, to think, to reflect. And that's really an important element, I believe, of the power of this book. So, And I also love how you ask us to talk to the trees and listen to the earth. And I believe that goes back to where you were asking us earlier, even in the Hall of Mirrors, to close our eyes. But at the same time, go out to nature and close your eyes. Tie the two of those together. Sit among the trees. Sit down in the earth. Sit on the stone. Take a hike. Do those things. And I live in the central coast of California. There's just so much beauty around here. One of the questions I like to ask people all the time, when's the last time they went down to the bay, to the water? We live in an area where we have so much life around us between the redwoods and, and the, and the Pacific Ocean. It's just, when have you drunk that in to help restore your own soul? So you, you touch on so much in this book that this could go on forever and ever. And there's just so much detail, but one of the great questions I believe you pose is what if we're getting what we need from the universe and we just don't recognize it? Can you can you share how you saw this mindset or recognition, how it might shift our lives, shift our understanding, and perhaps help us be part of the shift of the world? Yes, thank you. So let me read this. What if? And you ask a question like, what if? And... All of a sudden, your mind is open. It's like, what if? Yeah, let's just imagine. Like, what if? What if people are getting what they need? What if there's reincarnation and karma and our actions have consequences that go between lifetimes? And what if God is present everywhere and the universe is functioning perfectly? And what if each spirit is getting what he or she needs to learn, to connect, to become one with love and truth? And what if each person is a node and a multidimensional grid connected to all other nodes so that each person is experiencing a whole total reality that is completely their own, but also an integral part of the whole? What if? What would that mean for how we see things, how we experience things, how we value life and each other? And the earth. What would it mean for our fears and our actions, which are coming from from that place of lack and fear and smallness? What if? Mm. So I feel that. This is an opening for people to like a kind of, you could say imagine, but it's more than imagine. It's allow yourself to feel what is actually the truth, this connection. These connections exist. Yeah, and, and going back to, I'm still going to go back to the mirrors. <laughs> that, and, and the point of 
of course, this may be more my point than yours. So I want is that when we take away the distractions of the external world, we may suddenly see we are getting what we need. But when we allow the distractions of our daily life to keep us engaged and distracted, we may think we're not getting what we need. And so yeah. I, I like this idea that what if everything is already being provided to us and we just don't have the courtesy or consciousness to recognize it? Right. And I... I think that that also leads back to one of your earlier points in the book where you talk about that the people out there are part of us. We also need to recognize that we're never alone. We're part of the whole. Right, right. And and that if we create separation from the whole, then some of our own needs will not be met because we've created the separation, not because the whole created the separation. Yes. There's another one in here. Separation from God is not from her side. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the epilogues. So I want to say about this distraction. So it's true but there's internal and I just want to say there's internal and external distractions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we close our eyes and we, that's why we need to feel also this, this process of feeling, feeling inside, because this will, this will allow us to also kind of calm down our internal distractions, our internal upheavals. And and I want to tell people that are listening here, this is not about forcing oneself to feel anything one way or the other. It's it's really an an evolutionary process. It, it is an evolutionary process. Feelings are evolving. Your experience of yourself is evolving. And so it's not about imposing any one thing. It's about patience and love. Love means acceptance and wholeness, acceptance of whatever is happening and giving yourself the time to to sit and go deeper and deeper. And as you make a habit of this, and people have different ways of doing it, as you make a habit of this, this will become um, a source of creative power for you. And you even, you follow that section in the book also, with that the most powerful social action we can take is to call back home our lost or rejected parts. So when we get to the point of saying, what if we're getting what we need? Well, one of the things we may want to do is call back those lost or rejected parts and reconsider why we created that separation. Yes. So this is, this is one of the real themes of the book, in fact, and it hits the the quarter nail on the head here in this aphorism, which you, which you referred to, which is the most powerful social action we can take is to call back home our lost and rejected parts. So I'm wondering, I'm just going to check in for time because if I really start talking about this, (laughs) there's a a lot to it. (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> let me ask you how deeply you want to go into it. Well, let's let's just put like a five minute limit on it and see how much we can get out of that, and we'll see if we can go further. Okay. When you look outside and you look in the world and you read the news, you may be appalled. And you may think, why is there all this suffering and chaos and destruction? Hopefully you see some beautiful things too. And you say, I mean, you probably don't ask, why is there beauty? <laughs> but you might. But in any case, the reason why is because there are parts of ourselves are denied parts which are not only not accessible to us, there's different levels. This is a complicated story, but there's different levels. There's parts that are not accessible to us, but there are also parts that are not in our bodies, that are out there, that may be in, in the universe or creating in other bodies or whatever. And so, and I went through personally, I would say a couple of years and still do it sometimes, uh, you know, focus on this is to recollecting myself. And, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a set of books called the right use of world books, which have been my guide in this and are very, very powerful. And so, um, you know, this is a multi, multi-year process, but the thing is that it's, it's important to know that we, are not disconnected from things that are happening. And our, our hook or our line into that which is happening is feeling and recollecting. So if we feel, if we see something that's happening and we, and it feels bad, don't, don't turn away from it. You know, if you have the time, take the time, sit down and feel, feel into it, feel into it. And then, and then ask, I want my energy, anything that if my energy that's involved in that, I would like it back. I would like to heal that. I would like to talk to that, that part of me and, and work this out. And you will, if you make that as a clear intention, things will start coming back to you. And the power is amazing. You, you, you think, you know, we, we've lost so much power over the millennia since, since the earth, since the beginning of the universe, let's say for a long time. And through it doesn't it's not been all a loss because as I say at another place that um I guess it's in actually my bio a little bit, I talk about this, that you know, we become smaller and smaller, but we've also become more more clear about what's going on. So then recollecting our lost or rejected parts, as you said in the book, also brings us back to that wholeness. Wholeness is obviously the key element within the entire journey of God has infinite frequencies that we, we ourselves need to regain our wholeness to re-express our divinity and to not see ourselves separate or apart from everything else around us. Yes. Not experience ourselves as separate or apart. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for the, the clarification. So, Jonathan, in, in closing, what is the most important element you would like the listeners to carry away from our discussion and from their experience with God has infinite frequency aphorisms for our fractured age? Let me just think about that a second. Certainly. 
You talked about in the beginning uh, a transition in consciousness that's occurring in Aquarius. And this book is one of the things that has come onto, in, onto the planet at this time to facilitate that expansion of consciousness. And it's really about collecting oneself because we're so, we've been so scattered and we've lost so much power. We've made up for it with perhaps kind of, I would say, fake power in, in some sense, right? <laughs> like burning fossil fuels is not really real <laughs> in some way. But I think it's really, there isn't, I want to say this, there isn't a message. There's nothing, there's no intellectual thing. There is an embodiment. So if I was to put it in words, I would say it's about embodiment. It's about finding that and embodying it and living it, the living reality. And I would love it if this book were part of your journey, but whatever your journey is, feel your feet, feel your heart, and the vision will continue to come to you. What a beautiful closing, Jonathan. This is such a beautiful piece of work. It's a work of art for our senses as as well as our minds. And I appreciate your vision uh, to create such a, a palate-pleasing presentation of these, <laughs> these aphorisms for us to reconsider our limiting beliefs and, and our expanded consciousness. So uh, we've been talking with Jonathan Masters the author of God Has Infinite Frequency, Aphorisms for Our Fractured Age. Uh, God Has Infinite Frequency is published by the Foundation for Inner Peace, an organization that promotes meditation and self-actualization, and it can be found at godhasinfinitefrequency.org. And Jonathan, is the book available in other locations? or The book is available on Amazon, Barnes, you know, all all places where you could buy a book. You can pretty much buy this book. And I really encourage everyone listening to get a copy and make it a daily practice. As I talked about daily practices earlier in the show, this is a, a wonderful practice to review and to shift and to think and consider. And as Jonathan mentioned earlier, some people – take some of the affirmations and they consider it for a week or they consider a new one each day, but you can do whatever feels most appropriate for you, but definitely consider. I think that's the important thing. And, and as Aquarian consciousness grips us through this next phase and change of our age, we want to be clear on what's truly our truth, not our outmoded beliefs, not what brought us here, but what brings us forward. So I encourage everyone to be clear on their truth and live their truth. And remember what Oscar Wilde said, uh, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. So, so as we continue our journey through this quarter, I want to remind folks, sowing and reaping. 
Good thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results. And this is but saying nothing comes from corn but corn. Nothing comes from nettles but nettles. And remember to weave the tapestry of your life. Every experience, every encounter is just another thread in the tapestry of our life. This year, 2021 says pick yourself up, take that passion, that heart joy, bring forth the gifts you're here to share. Stop hiding behind the the curtain. And as we close, I want to once again share Albert Camus' poem, In the Midst of Winter. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you, there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Whatever you do, do so from the heart. Choose to express from love in all your encounters. I live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself fully to love, saying I surrender all to love. Remember, you're not a victim. You have a choice. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. Thank you to our guest, Jonathan Masters. And remember to turn the lead in your life into gold. And so thank you for listening. Many blessings. Namaste. Gotta keep those love and good vibrations ahead.